This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. A few minutes out of Cambridge, in the countryside, is a huge shed containing toys, clothes, toiletries, books, shoes and PJs. Kids in Need Waikato loads all these into care packs to be given out to children who are in care with anyone other than their own parents. We're talking a huge number of kids. Over 1,200 care packs were given out last year alone. To provide this service and more, Kids in Need needs all the help it can get. I headed down to their shed to have a look at their operation and discuss it with co-founder Linda Royal in the adjacent chapel. Hi. Is Linda here? Yes. Hello. <laughs> Linda, good Hi. thanks. Good to see you again. Now, I'll show you around. Yeah. And then, do we just want to talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah? that'd be good. So just to have a bit of a chat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is where all our donations come in. Mm-hmm. And they get sorted. Wow. And then they get sorted into sizing. So this is boys, then we have girls. Um, so when we're making up packs, we just get the size of the kid and then go and get what we need. Um, there's toiletries, um, backpacks and stationery, it's books. Ba- it's basically like a library of living oh, materials. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a warehouse. It's just a warehouse. Wow. These are toys that were left over from Christmas that go into the packs during the year. Um, and we're into winter, so all the winter stuff has come out. So, um, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're growing great guns then. I know. Because the last time I came and saw you yeah. was when I was working for the Cambridge Earth yeah. in probably 2018 or 19. Yeah. But then now it's just we were, shocking. I know. I know. We we need another shed. Yeah. Storage. Like we've got. We've got no storage. And this is a huge shed you've got here, yeah, a, pu- a purpose-built shed. And up- upstairs is all the baby stuff and a bit of storage. Yeah. Um, got some inline five masks and filters. Oh, great. Awesome. Great. <laughs> right. Awesome for the staff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. so we yeah, looking, we need another shed. Mm-hmm. And the building behind the tank is our office now. All right. Yeah, and um, so we're hoping to put another shed down here. Right. There's, there's talk about you know just hiring something in town, mm. but 
you can't take it away. Like I suppose in terms of the accessibility as well, it's good to have it all yeah, centralised yeah, here. Yeah, and it's it's um, when people it's the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, and everyone who comes in this year, they say, oh, especially when all the volunteers are there. Yeah. It's buzzing. Yeah, it, definitely. It's just a really good atmosphere. Yeah, and you park yeah. out here in this nice little grove of trees yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's muddy in the winter yeah <laughs> so but so yeah it's all part of it the, the chapel was donated to the charity by mm-hmm. the catholic diocese so we're doing that up to rent out for meetings um ray ray who you met just at the door she got married in here about oh fantastic six weeks ago yeah and you've built it onto this um house we, here yeah, we had to we had to join it up mm-hmm this is our quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, come on. Just shut that. Keep the wind out. <laughs> so first off, Linda, do you want to um, introduce yourself and your background? And I guess from the very beginning, how you got started with what has become Kids in Need. Right, yeah. So my husband and I started fostering in um, I think it was 2017. <laughs> the years just go poof. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we started fostering through Oranga Tamariki and um, the, the, first, the first boy we had was 10 and um, he was in a motel room with a minder because no one wanted him. So we were asked to take him and of course, you know, we said yes. Uh, this boy had been in care for six years and passed around, passed around. He had um, behavioural problems, of course, and um, but being in care for six years, he turned up to us with a black rubbish bag and that black rubbish bag stunk. And the only thing I retrieved out of that bag was a laminated photo of his mother and that was his life in that bag. So I just thought that was just awful. I just couldn't get my head around that. Uh, he stayed with us for five months. Um, very interesting. Uh, there, there was a lot of um, really bad stuff that happened, but there was a lot of good stuff too. And um, he, when I started Kids in Need, um, I think it was the second year I was doing it, I had a caregiver ask for something for this boy that had just gone into her care and um, it was him. So he came, he turned up here and you know he ran at me and gave me the biggest hug and he just went on about all the good things that had happened here. So that was really special. Wow, that is yeah, incredible. That was really special. Um, and then I realised he was still wearing clothes that were two sizes too small for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I made him a packer, but too many kids were coming into care, and this was through other caregivers as well, um, turning up, you know, if they're uplifted um, in the middle of the night and that, they were turning up with just what they were wearing. If they're uplifted from school, they would turn up with just what they were wearing. Sometimes the parents would put together stuff that they could bring, but a lot of the time, you know, parents are too angry that their kids being taken away so they don't send anything. Um, so 
we we yeah I, I was getting a lot of clothing donated from the community because they knew we were fostering these kids and um, we eventually started just fostering newborns because the older kids were taking too much time you know my husband was being called away from work to go and pick up the child because they'd done something wrong and he was too busy to be doing that so we decided to just take newborns because um, I worked in maternity for six years and my passion was newborns so um, yeah we would, we, we would have baby we had uh, quite a few babies and that would be from two hours old until they were found somewhere to live um, so yeah I we had no baby for six weeks and six weeks and I got bored <laughs> so um, I had all this clothing that the community had given us for these other kids so I put together a backpack of um, I think it was a size four boys clothing and I asked caregivers does anyone need size four and that got snapped up then I did another bag and that got snapped up and then um, a friend put on pay it forward underneath 25 backpacks <laughs> <laughs> and we actually got 75 and they were all brand new people had gone and bought new bags um, so people obviously saw the need for such well, a they, service they saw, in the community yeah, they saw what we were doing what i was doing because i was i was making up a pack and putting the photo on pay it forward and then i had um uh, We've got a B&B on the property, and we had a, a, a lovely family. Um, Kirsten was staying here with her mother and her girls, and at the time we had a baby, so we got talking about what I was doing. And she said, well, you need to become a charity. And my husband's a lawyer, so he'll set you up. And he did. He set us up as a charity for free, because that can be quite hard to set up as a charity. Um, I had. Um, Amy Banks in Cambridge, who, her and Joel, um, they run TAG in Cambridge and she messaged me on Facebook and said, oh, I think you need your own Facebook page. And I'm not good at that sort of, sort of stuff. So she set up the Facebook page. And then she said, well, Joel was a, an accountant. TAG is like, they do accounting and helping small businesses. So. Uh, she said, oh, Joel can do your accounting for you for free. <laughs> and it just took off. Uh, next thing, you know, we, a lovely lady in the community set up a, give a little page and we got enough money to buy a container because all these clothes and everything were just in our home. So we got this container and, uh, you know, we, electrician put power in it for free and Graham put some shelving in, but that was full in five minutes and that was still in the house. So we decided we had to build a shed. Um, so we built the shed, which, um, yeah, it's, it's just taken off since then. And we are outgrowing the shed now. So in June, it will be um, six years that we've been doing kids and me. Yeah, it overwhelms me how, how big it's got. This is a full-time job for you now, and then some. We had to get um, we had to get some staff because we I had um, volunteers helping to sort the clothes and, and that. 
but I was making all the packs and Graham was doing all the admin which she didn't really have time for. He was applying for the grants. Um, so we decided no, we you know, we oh, and we'd got a board a board together which Amy and the and Joel the accountant are on our board and they're amazing. They're just incredible. Um, so I still look back and there was a stage where I had a panic attack and just thought I can't stop this now and how it's changed our lives, it's, it is our life. Mm. Um, it's been, it's taken off like a runaway train in the has. best sense, it in has. the best sense. Yeah. Well sadly, it, it, we shouldn't be needed. Exactly. That's the truth. Um, but that's also why so many people mm. are pitching in to help this is mm. because they don't want it to be needed anymore. No. The, the, no. the, the, reason, no. the reason kids in need Waikato exists mm. is because you don't, you don't want it to be needed. You don't want kids to be in need. No, but sadly I, I can't see, I can't see it. Um, so what, what happened was uh, we had our, we got another baby um, Blossom, we got her at two hours old and there was really nowhere for her to go so we said we'd take her home for life which is now called permanence um, it's not it's like adoption but it's not adoption so we have um, parenting orders and, and guardian, shared parenting orders and guardianship and day-to-day care of Blossom and when she turned six months, um, the legislation changed. So that was when the uplift in Hastings became a big thing on the news. And um, then the new legislation, 7AA, came in where uh, children go to family. They don't go to, into foster care. Um, they go to family. So because Blossom was Maori and we're not, um, they were going to give her to family. That must uh, have been heart-wrenching. Well, it was when we, we were fighting for her because the family that she was going to go to um, had, had a history and um, well, we, we just wanted her to have the best life she could have. So we, we fought it and um, we have her now home for life. So she's three and a half now. Um, she's, you know, we have a good relationship with her parents, so she sees her parents um, monthly now. But what's happening with the 7AA is that children are just being uplifted and being put with grandparents. Grandparents mm. are the first port of call, um, or aunties and uncles. Uh, so now kids in need support, probably 80% are grandparents raising grandchildren. And, you know, we have grandparents who are in their 80s. We have grandparents who are on walk, using walkers for raising um, toddlers, you know. That's a big responsibility to have mounted on you oh, at that point in your life. Scary, it's, it's scary and it's not fair. Um, we have grandparents raising 10 kids uh, I, I have a great-grandmother raising her great her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Sadly, because they go to family, um, 
they don't get the benefits in that from Oranga Tamariki. They need to apply for the unsupported child benefit. And that's where the problem is because a lot of these grandparents um, don't know how to go online. They don't know how to do things online. They go to wins and they have to jump through hoops. So it gets too hard, so they don't do it. So there's a lot of grandparents out there not getting the unsupported child benefit because it's too hard. I'd love to talk to any MP that would listen. All I'm asking for is that when these children are placed with anyone, that the unsupported child benefit is set up for them by the social worker or whoever. Have you appealed to local MPs about this? I did a few years ago. Um, Louise Upston has been quite supportive of us and she came with, um, I think it was Tim McIndoe, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about it. I did have a Zoom meeting with Jamie Strange. Nothing's happened. There's been nothing from that. You know, there's been no follow-up, there's been no, let's try and find a solution. It's pretty much, you need to talk to Aranga Tamariki. Mm. Does the 7AA, it sounds like it's assuming that when a child is having problems in their immediate family situation, that the next of kin it's presuming that situation would be better. Is, is that, am I getting that right there, that that presumption is being made by 7AA? Been, it is being made. That presumption is being yes. made, which is fallacious. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, the grandparent, and, and I, I, class, I class the uncle, aunties, and all, all these, even siblings raising siblings, anyone raising a child that's not their own, they are not getting support. Um, yes, they might get this unsupported child benefit and if they've got 10 kids, that's actually quite a lot of money a month. But behind the scenes, they have family who are coming in and taking that money from them. Um, you know, there's bullying, there's... Um, I've had grandparents who have been, um, you know, beaten up by their son or daughter who, whose kids they're looking after. The biggest problem is uh, respite. So these grandparents are getting no respite. And I went to drop off a pack to a grandparent um, a few weeks ago and um, she looked terrible. She looked terrible and I said, look, is there anything I can do for you? And she said no, and when I turned around, I heard her just very quietly, she said, there's one thing. So I I turned around and I said, what can I do for you? And she says, I need a break. And she just burst into tears, Mm -hmm. you know? There's no respite. So I get on my high horse and start trying to organize. All I can do, I think, is I try to get these grandparents and caregivers together for coffee mornings so that they can talk, get to know each other and support each other. Uh, in the summertime we have groups, um, We had, the last one was from Tokoroa and they, were, they come here, the kids play in the playground 
and the grandparents just relax, talk, eat, drink, you know, for four, four or five hours. And um, the, I get the um, students from the college doing their Duke of Edinburgh, and they come and look after the kids. So, and these grandparents, they're just getting a break. And um, the last one we had, there were 60 kids. And, um, you know, four hours, there was no fighting, there was no crying. Everyone had a great time, so. Um, a big part of Kids in Need Waikato has become about not just helping children, it's about carers in need as well. well <laughs> because the resources the care, aren't there. You know, if the carers aren't coping, there's nobody going in and saying, are you coping? You know? Mm. And, um, you know, the, the, I've had caregivers tell me I've been asking for, you know, some of these kids need special, you know, they need counselling in that. And they have to fight to get these kids counselling. They've got to jump through hoops. And it just wears them down. And it shouldn't be like that. You know, um, something needs to change. I don't know how. Um, but all I can do is talk about what I know, what I see, what I hear. You know, I probably have people say, oh, that's rubbish, that doesn't happen. Well, this is what I'm seeing and hearing. And I will talk about it. Um, I will talk to any groups, I go to groups and talk about what we do and um, I've been to schools, talk to children, children want to help children, you know, that's beautiful and um, we can just keep doing what we're doing by supplying clothing and, and, and necessities um, but what worries me the most is the emotional damage that's happening and um, it's quite scary. Mm. Mm. So Kids in Need can provide some resources to help mm. overcome mm. overcome that or offset it. But when we were down at the shed just before, it was absolutely bustling in there mm. on a rainy, low cloudy day. Um, and it, were, it looked like a commercial operation in there. The volume of... Mm of toys and toiletries and clothes and backpacks mm. and all manner of things was amazing. Mm. Um, and the, the shed, as we're terming it, um, that could fit quite a few cars in it, couldn't it? it we, could. we're, we're talking a large shed. It's a shed. big shed, I don't know the size of it. Um, but yeah, we are outgrowing that shed. And um, desperately before Christmas, we need to have a solution. Uh, for storage and Christmas, because Christmas is a big operation, and um, it's the atmosphere down there. You know, today there's there's not that many volunteers, but you you say bustling, yeah, it it rocks down there, and it's got such a wonderful atmosphere, and we get people who come to drop things off, and they want to stay, and they want to help, um, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can get your listeners or to just check us out um, on Facebook and on um, the website, we have donate buttons, we have a shop 
um, online shops, you know, and every little bit helps. But um, we are, I did have the numbers, we are nearly three times more doing more than what we did last year at this time. Just a year ago. So um, I think last year we'd done 260 odd packs um, up to date to. Um, What's the date today? What are we now? Like mid-May. Yeah, and this year we're nearly, um, nearly up to 500. Wow, so, already? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's so, um, it's incredible. So, what um, can people come down and just deliver? Just drop off. They can. They um, can drop off donations at the shed. Um, we have we have um, times and days on our website. Uh, otherwise, people can just uh, message us and make a time because mm-hmm. we live on the property. You know, there's usually someone around. Uh, but yeah, I love I love people to come and have a look. I think I think if you you just hear about it and see on Facebook about it, it's when you walk in that shed and you realise how serious this is. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And you were saying you needed more space. By mm. Christmas, mm. what complications will arise if you aren't able to have extra space? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know. Um, I'm already starting to think about Christmas because last year, because of COVID, we started in October. I was wearing my Christmas stockings in October. <laughs> um, last year, we did. 564 children we gave them Christmas Wow! and that was they all got a back to school bag um, backpack and three presents each Wow! so that was um, a lot of presents to wrap definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know everyone loves joining in and kids love to come and help wrap um, families love to come and help deliver the Christmas presents it's pretty special you know, to actually be a part of it and deliver to kids who are just screaming with delight, who haven't even got a Christmas tree up because it was just going to be another day. Mm. So it, it gives you the fuzzies. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's given yeah. me the fuzzies. Hopefully our listeners will, um, yeah, take an interest in being able to come along and mm. uh, check out Kids in Need Waikato and to, mm. to help, to volunteer, to make a donation because um, really it's um, it's going to be ever growing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And you know, if anyone can get me a face to face with um, Jacinda or Christopher, um, I would love that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to fade away. Um, I'm going to support these kids and. Um, they deserve to be valued. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.